July 20, 2021. It's the Watt from Pedro Show. <laughs>
from Pedro Show. Happy Tuesday. To start off, John Coltrane, live on uh, Ralph J. Gleason's Jazz Casual 1963, Alabama, with his uh, classic quartet. And then a new radiance springing forth from inside the light. This is K.G. Hino, Jim O'Rourke, and Orm, Orn Embarchi. Did I pronounce that right, brother? You did. You did. You got it. <laughs> okay, people, you can tell I'm not totally man alone because of those Estonian <laughs> software engineers with their Skype invention. I got Brother Orn Ambarchi all the way from Berlin. Welcome aboard. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and we, we both are going to give big credit for Del Andrea for making the connect. Andrea Belfi, uh, incredible drummer man. Original drummer Manuel Senor de Mina. I was I got to uh, yep. play with him many years, yeah. And uh, uh, I mean, this this trio here seems very interesting. But but this is more uh, up to date. I want to go back in your journey, or if sure. you would please bring your earliest musical memory. Hmm. Remember, it's a well, watch from Pedro you... show, so there's no hard questions and there's no wrong answers. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you play Coltrane because, you know, I was like, when I was like seven or eight, I was a complete Hendrix freak. And um, I was a budding drummer and, and I wanted to find out about Mitch Mitchell and who he was listening to. And I found out someone told me that he listened to Elvin Jones. <clears throat> well, there's a famous so... quote that Jimmy, he's talking about Mitch Mitchell. He goes, he's my Elvin Jones. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I someone... mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of those guys, right. Cause the England guys are, they're learning uh, rock and roll through the blues, but, yep. but there's another road too. And I think that's Ginger Baker with jazz. Mm -hmm. And I think Mitch Mitchell, of course, everybody had to do the blue, learn the blues and all that, but may, maybe more than Charlie Watson stuff. He picked up, uh, Bill Ward too. You can hear in the, the early Black Sabbath how they're for sure, right? That swinging stuff. Absolutely. I mean, the blues is the preacher, but uh, I don't know. Maybe the jazz is the teacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to fuck with James Bud Almer. So, yeah, so, exactly. So you you you're conscious of Jimmy when you're seven or eight. That's pretty bitching. Yeah, I was super into that, like obsessive actually, and and um, then uh, yeah, someone told me about. Elvin Jones and um, I was probably probably about 12 or 13 at that point and um, then I read a biography on Hendrix that he was listening to these people John Coltrane Ornette Coleman uh, and I was like okay what's that all about so I went into a record store and, and um, I asked someone after school and I said do you have anything with Elvin Jones you know and they said oh yeah go to the John Coltrane section I was like what so Elvin Jones worked with John Coltrane. Holy shit, you know. And um, with my uh, lunch money, I picked up the Coltrane album on Impulse from '62, I think. And um, and another thing called Bye Bye Blackbird, which is like a live thing. It's a quartet from Europe. And um, I brought that home, and it completely transformed everything for me. I became absolutely obsessed, and. Uh, I had this huge Rolling Stones uh, collection of like bootlegs and everything, every possible permutation of every record. And um, me and my friends 
carry them all to the secondhand record store like and i sold them all for um as many impulse records as i could buy so like yeah 14 15 i was just totally inundated with with that whole sort of spiritual jazz thing in what town that was huge in sydney australia oh, okay the big the big town okay uh, we had yeah. a great uh, cat from there on last month, Lucas Sabella, I've been playing his shit oh, he's out an of old his friend music. Of mine. <laughs> is he? He's an old friend of mine. Man, yeah, is totally. he an incredible uh, composer, performer? I mean, it is just wild. I, just, That's so I funny, love his cause... stuff. I love his stuff. But okay, let's go back before <laughs> even these things. This pad, you grew up in, in Sydney. Mm -hmm. Was there instruments? Yeah, this is interesting. My, my grandfather had this really sort of weird secondhand store with like lots of used junk and all kinds of stuff and he including records too but i could go there and he really spoilt me and i could just grab shit so um he had effect pedals and reel-to-reel -reel machines and sort of shitty guitars and and things like that and he would let me take them home and mess around with stuff oh. so that was really really fortuitous i could just grab anything and, and mess around and Did, lots of great stuff was he a player as a was was he a player or, or was there people in your family that uh, played music there were players not on that side of the family that was my dad's side but uh -huh. he was like way way into music and there was always music on all the time my mum's side um there was some relatives. I had some cousins that ran a recording studio. Ah. Um, years years later, they recorded like bands like Midnight Oil and In Excess and stuff. But that was like much later. Um, yeah. So there was music around for well, sure. Well, let me ask you sure. this: What about at school? Were you in like, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly. I, I heard that you got to wear a hat because the sun. There's a hole in the ozone. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I don't really know the music program. So, like, were you in the marching band or the choir or shit like that? You know something? Um, unfortunately, I had no options at school to do music stuff. Like, there was no lessons at all. Um, there was some instruments there, so we used to play a lot at school, but there was no music lessons. So wow. all, all of my music was just from listening to records. That's how I worked out Okay, and you said something about the you know, extensive Rolling Stone collection, but what, what was the first record you bought with your own money? Mm. Well, my mum used to buy me records when I was a baby. Ah, but when um, it's your own money, right? When you're a kid, you ain't money, got much, right? So it's like, it's got to count. <laughs> let me think about that. That's I would okay. say a Hendrix, probably a Hendrix bootleg ah, okay. or something. <laughs> and what about the first gig you went and saw? Kiss. Oh, wow. Okay. Kiss in like 79, 80, I think. Yeah, we saw yeah. them before they had an album out. They opened up for anybody here. Nitty Gritty right. Dirt Band, Savoy Brown, <laughs> Wishbone Ann. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. You know, and then, you know, I remember when the record came out, it was, just, it was, was really slow. <laughs> it was nothing like the gigs that we saw them at, right? Okay. Okay. Right. But, but I have some, in fact, I learned some bass tricks from Gene Simmons. I learned the gliss more from him than I did from John Antwistle, which is kind of crazy. That's Jack, interesting. Jack Bruce is the guy I really owe, though, man. He, he really yeah. helped me a big time. I love that. Yeah, man. I can hear that. Love that, man. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. Uh, not, not, not after school, like graduating, but after school in the afternoon, did you get into the, the bedroom band, the basement band, garage band? 
Absolutely. Uh, any opportunity I had to do that, I was doing it. Absolutely. Now, now you said something about drums. What do you think? You know, there, there is a on YouTube.com like a half hour documentary called a different different. It's called Different Drummer. It's about Elvin Jones. Dude, I watched that oh. three nights ago. Okay, with the <laughs> colors, right? He's talking. About, yep. And, and how he put I used it, to how have he composed that on VHS uh, when I was young. Okay, uh, he it was yeah the VHS right. Uh, he shows you how he composed three card Bonnie. And kind yep. of mixed in Amazing. rhythm with well, poly meaning many, and rhythm meaning yep. met, rhythm. <laughs> so, yep. Yeah, yeah. But it's so beautiful, you know. He's, and also, right, he's got Thad Jones, Hank Jones. He's got his brothers. His daddy's yeah. a preacher, yeah. kind of. You know yep. what I mean? But at the same time, very humble man. Absolutely. And beautiful. he said the big yeah, problem absolutely. was people didn't didn't think he could hold time. Yeah. And Ron well, Carter gives this them. big spiel about it: how there's drumming before him and drumming after him. Mm -hmm. And how mm -hmm. he changed things. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He totally opened things up. For sure. And I think a big dealio about that was uh, John Coltrane asking him to play with him. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He had, Coltrane had a few other people that he tried out before Elvin. But then, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Uh, okay. So these bands that you did with your buddies from school, uh, mm -hmm. What was the material? Like me and D. Boone, when we were boys, we copied because everybody else did copied off records and terrible, right? Yep, yep. So like no original That's material. That's how you learn. That's how you learn, though. Like no, yeah, I've had I, I people guess... on the show, Arn. You wouldn't believe it. Cats that started writing music, right? Because things changed. Cats who started playing in the eighties and nineties, I think yeah. it was different. I think seventies yeah. is more about yeah copying and shit. Totally, yeah. totally. We used to do that too, of course. Like, um, but it was interesting because in those days, I didn't know the difference between you know the Sex Pistols and Pink Floyd and and you know seventies rock and and all the punk stuff that was ha happening. To me, it was all the same. All you know, rock and roll, I, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't I didn't have any really reference points for what was what. So well, the genre I, names, I, I, right? The genre, the labels, yeah. the tags. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I loved. You know, I loved the Beatles as much as I loved, you know, like the Sex Pistols or whatever. So well, fucking music's music, art's art, right? Exactly. Can, can I uh, can I ask you that? Was this just practice band, or did you guys ever do any gigs? We did some stuff like at at school and stuff like that, like some concerts at school. And but my first uh, my first live experience was playing drums in a free jazz in free jazz, like when I was wow. seventeen. Or so. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I forgot to ask you exactly what got you on the drums. Um, I don't know. I just started banging shit, and it just. Well, made you sense. know, Elvin yeah. in that doc, he says he started on his ma's pots and pans. Yeah. Did you yep. do Very that? Very similar. Okay. I did. I did. <laughs> and his sister helped yeah. him with the paper route, right? With his paper route, so they could get the money up to buy it, a kit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I was super interested in, in rhythm, and but I was also really interested in electronics and weird noises and stuff like that. And because my grandfather had all these sort of reel-to-reel -reel machines and effect pedals and stuff, I used to muck around with that as well. So I had this sort of dual interest of, of playing drums and um, also just making weird feedback stuff and with whatever I could use. So those two things mixed together. I'm thinking about 70s AM radio, drum solo and synthesizer sounds. Yeah. Edgar Winter group. Uh, 
Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, shortwave radio. Do you remember Frankenstein? Absolutely. You know why it's called that? No. Because it's 45 minutes long, and they chopped it up to make an AM single out of it with a drum solo. Fantastic. Fantastic. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. So that thing is all razor-bladed together, because in those days, right, no Pro Tools. I love it. Right, right. So uh, I want to play this piece you gave me. Sagittarian domain. Cool. What is Sag? I'm I'm on the last day before Cap. You are.
Lot for Pedro Show. Only one tune, people, because it's a big enchilada. Sagittarius <laughs> Domain. And, and get this, people. It's a, an excerpt. <laughs> okay, so you didn't really get the whole enchilada. You got like half of it. Arn Ambachi. God, I'm going to get that right. One of these days. <laughs> okay. Uh, so... Like, isn't that trippy when you don't know? There's a certain kind of purity to it, right? Before you're all foul mm. and polluted with semantics. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, but you, you are attracted. And, and like you said, your grandpa has this thrift store and there's there's electronic stuff, right? Yep. So th this is kind of your first step. Your, your first electronic stuff is in a, a Boogala synthesizer, right? No, hell no. I had like a, <laughs> no, really, really, really primitive stuff. Like I had a double tape recorder and I used to kind of record, do these overdubs by plugging a microphone into the, the jack of the double tape recorder and, and bouncing, you know, bouncing and bouncing until you had all this stuff, yeah. which sounded like a little like bit of shit, music to go, know. a little bit of music to go <laughs> along with the hiss. Exactly. Exactly. Do you like some music with that hiss? Nah, just some hiss. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You know, Lou Barlow on that uh, fucking dinosaur record with Polito, right? I think it's mm -hmm. like fifty, like bounces back and forth. He was telling. Yeah, me. yeah. And it, but it was his, it, it's a, one way to be a one man band. Thank you, Mister. Yeah, Les Paul yeah. And you learn so much. Yeah, you learn so yeah. much from doing that. Like I learned how to. How to flange by playing two tapes at the same time. Oh, right, because that was the original way to do it, was with tape. It was. Yeah. It was. But it was a really, really good way to just experiment and, and learn. Yeah. Sure. And, and what about, let's get back on the analog world here. Your first drum set. It was a Pearl drum kit. Like yeah. Kiss, like Peter Chris. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but something now we know what this father, is all about. <laughs> my father actually found um, one day. I walked into my bedroom and there was a snare drum in a in a road case, yeah. and I looked at it. And I was like, "Holy shit!" And my dad was smiling, and it was Phil Rudd's snare drum from oh, ACDC. Wow. That yeah, yeah, my dad found somewhere. I don't know how. I still have it. Yeah, I came yeah. on to that. Well, you didn't get into some trouble and stuff, right? He did. Yeah. He was boy. in New Zealand for a little bit, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But anyway, there's some slamming beats he's got on some of them records. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Really econo. Oh, yeah. Really econo, but where it counts, you know. He reminded me of Scott, something... Kra Scott Krauss in uh, Perubu. He reminded me of that kind of Mm -hmm. yeah. There's something about the feel of ACDC that's so Australian and just, yeah, super minimal, but really kind of difficult to, to play that oh, way. Oh, yeah, that that's way. right. Yeah, the feel. You yeah. know, Ramones, when I had, I, you know, I Joey's brother asked me and Clem to get with Cheetah and do the first album on his 40th anniversary, and that was tough. That's not mm. really blues-based stuff. It's more like uh, pop or a lot of downstrokes. <laughs> yup, yup. <laughs> so so uh, with this Pearl drum set, I mean... Right away, did you start augmenting it with a, like a hybrid, like bringing in electronics or, or crazy percussion, ashtray, shit like this? Much later. Like oh, probably, okay. yeah, when I was about 18, 19, I started to, I had like a sort of guitar that was broken and I would put that on the floor, Tom, and hit it with a drumstick. And I had a reel-to-reel -reel machine that would sort of do all this sort of delay stuff and stuff like that a little bit later. Yeah. Now, when you did that free uh, jazz gig, uh, mm -hmm. 
the cats you were playing with were they older yeah there was one guy who was this sax player who was the first sax player to play free jazz in australia and i saw him in the 70s and I, i saw him playing with dewey redmond and um the next day I bumped into him somewhere and I said, Hey, that, you know, I loved that show. And he just said, Oh, wow. What are you doing? And I said, uh, nothing. And he said, do you want to play? So he just came into my room and we just blasted for three, four hours. Wow. And he was, he was a lot older than me. And well, well, his name, iconic. his name, Maury. Eddie, Eddie Bronson. Eddie Brunson. Wow, what a generous was, man. What a beautiful thing. Yeah. And, and big age difference, right? Of course. There was. But yeah. why, why don't we in... have more of that? The, the mentor sensei thing, you know? I agree. Protege, the connect between the generations. See, this is why Absolutely. I hate the idea of this genre shit because I think it segregates us. Yeah, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for older generations helping me like all the time and just yeah, being super generous and um, it's super important. Well, I'm so glad you got that experience. And you were still a teenager, right? I was, yeah, yeah. Wow. So thank you, Mr. Eddie. Jesus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you never know, right? Your whole life turns around. And, uh, it's true. From, from kissing ACDC to free jazz. But, you know, yeah, music is yeah. music, and it's you know, that it's a language, right, that can jump fucking bob wire and shit, razor wire. <laughs> We're at the end of yeah, the first hour, July 20, 2021. This is Peter Show special guest, Orin Ambarchi. We'll talk you about it, too. <laughs> July 20, 2021. It's the second hour of the Pedro.
Pedro Show started second hour off with, if, uh, it ain't humid, but it sure is hot, Orem Ambarchi, and then Bama's Prendon broke a window from their new collection, going to their <laughs> archive, Steve, these cats, 40, 42 years, maybe 8,000 recordings, five, six gigs, <laughs> yep. obviously a love, a labor of love, and then Orem Ambarchi with Simeon Angel. Okay, so since you didn't do music in school, did you pursue music in higher education? No, no, no. Okay. It's all just from playing gigs and listening to records. Yeah. Okay, so then what happens after, uh, well, obviously you're talking to me from Berlin, so you must have left Sydney. You know, when I was, uh, when I was 18, uh, I went, I, the, soon after finishing school, I went straight to New York because um, I wanted to see all this stuff that, that I was listening to on, on vinyl. Yeah. So that's what I did immediately. And I kind of lived in New York for three or four years um, in my early late teens, early 20s, just going to as many gigs as possible, buying as many records as possible and speaking to people and just, yeah. Did you have a drum set? Were you playing music? I actually bought a drum set at one point. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know where I put it. It's, yeah, it's I've always place. wondered about musicians in New York City. Oh, my God. Like, shit's yeah. got to be there existing at the practice pad or the club because getting it on the fucking tr train, man. Yeah, yeah. These dudes that I knew, um, they let me leave it in their apartment, and, and we used to play there. And sometimes we'd play on the street and, you know, yeah. But most of the time I was going to shows. Okay. And, yep. that, and that's one thing about New York City, buttload of shows, man. Especially in the late 80s, early 90s. Like, I was really lucky to see amazing shit. Yeah, That's kind of the John lot. Zorn Lower East Side thing, right? Yeah, yeah, I hooked up with those those people. They really, really helped me a lot, actually. Um, yeah, I was just this kid from Australia, and a lot of them, you know, I played with a lot of those people and, and eventually released stuff on Zorn's label. And, yeah, he was very generous to me. And very and, encouraging. And did you search him out? You, you went to his gigs? What was he having? Was it the Tonic was, at that time or the Stone? No, it's before Tonic. It's the old knitting factory. Oh, the Houston shitting Street. factory on Houston? Or yep, Leonard? Yep. I Houston. saw William Partner on the house. Oh, man, that place could get sweaty. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played there a lot. <laughs> oh, man, that place. Could... But you know what? In some ways, I dug it more than the lettered one. Oh, yeah, me too. Me too, for sure. And but so, I used to go to... so what was it like? Like, you go to the gigs and, hey, can I play with you? No, no, I used okay. to go to the gigs <laughs> and just go to all the bloody... I was like the nerd in the front at all the gigs, you know? And um, And then one day, a few people that were there were like, dude, you're at these gigs every night. Like, you should meet Zorn, you know? So they just took me upstairs to the dressing room, and I met him, and we just totally got along and spoke about music and about... Uh, I went back to Australia, and then six months later, he faxed me, because there was that was the way yeah. we communicated then. And he faxed me, and he invited me to play at, a festi- at his festival. And I came back to New York and did that, and, yeah, one thing led to another. Well, when you came to play, you mean Man Alone solo? I played with a, another Aussie drummer friend of mine that I grew up with, and we both played together with a bass player that was in New, a Japanese bass player from New York. And um, the funny thing is that Zorn invited me, and he'd never heard anything that I'd done before, and he invited me to play at his, at his festival, That's which is completely, yeah, completely out. insane. Yeah, amazing. Well, he might, he might, you know, look, he's around a lot of music cats, so if he senses something... Maybe he's got some kind of shorthand. Yeah, you know what I mean? A, a bullshit detector or something. And Maybe. if he didn't trip that off, he said, might as well let it give him a shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was respect just, to him. that much really respect. changed my life. The, just you know, that gesture. You know, and now the next song I want to play has got the worst title for what we just talked about. <laughs> hubris. <laughs> this is totally opposite <laughs> of hubris, right? It right? is the You're opposite of hubris, exactly.
Alfred Pedro show. Hubris 3. So I guess there's two yeah. other versions of Hubris. Lauren Ambachi. And uh, then Headboggle after that with D. <laughs> you want to talk about titles, okay. D2 minus M plus BB minus N. You know, of course. <laughs> what else are you going to do with an instrumental? <laughs> okay. So, okay. After getting this fucking righteous opportunity to come to this festival of Mr. Zorn, you go right back to Australia or what? Yeah, not right back. But when I went back, I had a lot of energy and inspiration. So, yeah, a lot of stuff sort of started happening there. And me and my friend organized a music festival, which we did for 10 years and brought all these people to Australia. And it just we just were super fired up by that experience. And um, we would also go to we went to Japan and go to New York and play shows and we're in Japan and we worked with a lot of Japanese noise musicians and just a lot of stuff started happening at that point. Uh, were you ever on the West Coast here? Not as much. Okay. Yeah, much later in life, yes. Okay, okay. Because, not at the time. You know, the city, uh, San Francisco and stuff, that very creative experimental scene. And Yeah. Also, yeah. Chicago's I, got some, right? You know? Oh, but, yeah. But New oh, York yeah. is the big daddy. I, 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 at the time it was, yeah. But I, but I was, you know... Really love going to the West Coast, actually, and playing. Um, yeah. Oh, so I'm you, glad that I do that now. Well, you, you, you were torn then. Yeah, yeah. And, and what kind of uh, units? Were you part of bands, or was it one-man show, or you with kind your of bands, drummer buddy? Uh, I, we had a band called Flem, which was kind of like a sort of noisy, experimental kind of punk band that mm -hmm. we would do. But then we did a lot of improv stuff. And, you know, playing with all kinds of people. Yeah. What, like the band had like a core member and then other people would join you? We had three members, but, but all of us were interested in doing other stuff. So we were always playing with other people and ah, having okay. guests and not necessarily in, in that group. Yeah. It was fluid. Yeah. Fluid. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, now, well, at that time, New York City was a little more econo to live in. Especially oh, yeah. for a musician. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> because nowadays. And then the big city yeah. in Europe, Econo living-wise, ended up Berlin. Is that why you... Uh... Berlin is really recent for me, actually. I was in okay. Italy before that. and uh, Which part? In Milan. Okay, north. Yeah. But the, Talk about honest, humid, like... man. Summer there ain't fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Zanzare. Zanzare. Oh, yeah. Those, those fucking mosquitoes. Terrible. Terrible. Oh, but I got... The only town... I, I did 11 gigs, right? Last uh, Senor de Mario tour there. And only Genoa was an eight. I got eight in Sardinia. I got eight in uh, Sicily. I got eight everywhere. <laughs> Padua. <laughs> and they were all different kind of strain, right? So they... I mean, these motherfuckers yeah. the next day be size of meatballs. I thought I had yeah. tumors in my throat. Yeah. Anyway, it's like anyway. That, that so, Zappa record, The Man from Utopia, the cover of that record <laughs> is like, from like an Italian show. <laughs> the mosquitoes. <laughs> okay, so in, in Milano, uh, what, 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 uh, did you use it like a home base to tour around Europe? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So to be honest, like the last 10 years before COVID, um, I've mostly been just touring, 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 living out of a suitcase and moving from place to place. Yeah. And now with a drum set? No, that... no, no, with guitar. Okay, yeah, like, okay. So you're yeah, not playing as drums much, as much now? Only a little bit. Like I, 
the trio with Hino and Jim, I yeah. play drums and some of the records that you're playing on the radio, like I play drums on, but yeah, since the age of like 25, I've mostly been playing guitar. Yeah. And, and some, uh, some of that reasons just practicality, like getting shit. No, no, no. I just, oh, um, I, I was okay. like earlier, I was interested in, you know, like electronics Jimmy. and, and also Jimmy you know, right? feedback and stuff like that. Yeah. And eventually just, I just started to focus on guitar. Instead of just yeah. beating it on, sitting on the floor, Tom, and you're beating on the strings. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's interesting. Yeah. That, that's funny. One thing led to another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost like a kind of homebrew version of a kalimba. <laughs> 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 Look, we're at the end of the second hour, July 20, 2021. This is Peter, so special guest, Oren Ambarchi. Oh, type hour three. July 20, 2021. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
for Pedro show start off the third hour with park it where the sun don't shine Oren and Barchi uh, Sam Lock Ward featuring Joe Jack Talcum you might learn to like it and then finally Oren and Barchi with bleeding shadow now uh, I mean this stuff under your own name right but it can mm -hmm. end up being anything it's not like you have to give a name to a different kind of proj it's just this is you being musical and you express your whatever, however you see fit at the moment. Depends on the thing, yeah. Like some of the stuff you play, like Pocket Where the Sun Don't Shine yeah. and, and It Ain't Humid But It Sure Is Hot, yeah. is me. It's this series I have where I call it Stack Karaoke, where I'm playing guitar solos over ZZ Top and ACDC loops um, just for fun. <laughs> because I used, to, I used to go running and I would listen to music like, you know, ZZ Top or whatever. And a lot of times I would hear a riff and the riff would be so good, but then they would fade out the riff really quickly. So I started looping the riff that I liked and, you know, for an hour or so and just like running. You know where Billy got this... a lot of those riffs? <laughs> yeah. Lightning Hopkins. Yeah, and then eventually... You know that, fun, right? It's, playing... it's Lightning Hopkins. They would get yeah. drunk with yeah. him and he didn't really play... A... He played acoustic, but he played that rock and roll blues... Yeah. those Absolutely. kind of things yeah billy learned all that because he had a band before zz and it sounded like yeah they did a version of help it was terrible right. moving sidewalks <laughs> jimmy actually jimmy loved it jimmy had he him did. open for he him. gave him a guitar that's pearly gates right yeah 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 so that's trippy so it was the licks and if you ask me those licks are very rhythmic they're very drum drummer oriented mm -hmm. yeah and frank oh, beard yeah. a really kind of drummer i got to meet them the students oh, yeah. got to play once with oh them nice for the, the prince nice. of monaco <laughs> it was so bizarre whoa but they were the, the nicest hell? cats in the world billy nice. frank and then dusty man dusty it was like he had 10 thumbs but he could play oh, like a motherfucker yeah little thick things very, all three very very kind man Beautiful that's great man. yeah awesome uh, so 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 you put this into your headphone like kind of mantra yeah exactly exactly and i just love i love repetition and and just zoning out to the to this stuff and yeah that's These interesting because you know i have cats on the show and sometimes i'll you know i'm a student forever learning okay so i'll ask something like hey is repetition the enemy enemy of improv improvised music um hell no i love repetition <laughs> and also love... uh the india tradition right that's all about that the, the lady plays the one chord thing it's actually all the chords yeah. at once <laughs> and then yeah. the other guy dances around that right so yeah it's like exactly. an embra embracing both elements i'm super into 
you know, minimalism and things repeating and just you just hear all this different detail and you can kind of reveal all this stuff over a long period of time. That's why my tracks are so long. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like exploring things over a long duration. Yeah. And uh, so, like, composing, right? Maybe just come up with a demo and see where it leads? Yeah, it depends on the thing. Like, sometimes I'll do an improvisation and listen to that and then start structuring things and adding things and, yeah, taking things away. And, okay, yeah. that's why. Always starting with too much and having to take out. Oh, yeah. Well, you know Absolutely. with bass, right? It's not the most notes. It's the right notes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because <laughs> physics, uh, you know, we get the big karma backhand. We end up being so little and you put too many fucking notes in there. I yeah. want to play uh, yeah. this, 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 this piece is bitching. And I, and I think it's one version, right? Not You got a couple versions of this thing? There's a few versions. Yeah, right. exactly.
Waffer Pedro Show. Last music for this edition. Knots from Orrin and Barchi, who just uh, hit me to the fact that we lost Brother Rick Laird, man. I remember seeing him with the Mahavishnu Orchestra. First time I saw a bass player playing with a volume. I thought he was playing with a wow-wow. Right. <laughs> but, it, you know, arena rock, right? Even though they had to curtain it off. It was Long Beach Arena, of course, it was big enough for the the draw and so they had this gigantic mm-hmm. curtain that gave mm-hmm. me an idea for a tour device that we called it the anti-cave device no matter what what the draw was of the night you could why is it crowded in here you know you just push the curtain <laughs> expandable curtain rod that pushes up closer and closer to the stage lip right nice okay so uh well right let's get this out of the way you got a website which i dig it's really fucking interesting and it's it's got your own name right so it's uh, people, yeah. O-R-E-N-A-M-B-A-R-C-H-I.com? Yep, okay. exactly. I, well, I just want to make sure. But, but I spent a lot of time reading on it, and, and people, there's a lot of good stuff there. And, uh, if you want to uh, see uh, or witness somebody thinking out loud about their music, <laughs> check <laughs> it out, because it's it's up there. And You know, again, like that... Uh, Eddie, Mr. Eddie did for you with the sax. When, when musicians share like that in such a mm. non-like, you know, some agenda or some motive that's jive, that ain't pure mm-hmm. music, it, th- there's no greater gift. Absolutely. Uh, so it's beautiful. Yeah, I, Go ahead. Yeah, it's just something that I actually, as I get older, really, really think about a lot. And, and there's people that I actually contacted that I hadn't been in touch with for 20 30 years just to say thank you you know for doing that because it's it's amazing just so generous and one little thing like that can just completely transform someone's life or just put you on on a particular path so yeah yeah, it's pretty special yeah and 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 sometimes there's an old aphorism right Uh, uh, Youth mm. is wasted on the young. So, like, yeah, you kind of take that for granted. But then as you get, like you said, well, I would say a little less younger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck that old <laughs> word. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, you start realizing, like, God damn, that was happening that that happened. That's not just the same old, same old. Mm-hmm. And you, you learn to, t- t- to take value in that stuff. Yeah. For sure. That's, that's, it's great to hear. Hear you talk about that, and what kind of plans you got uh, d- during this situation? Were you trading files with people? Do you do that stuff? Yeah, yeah. In fact, I'm in the middle of editing a, a new record right now <laughs> with a whole bunch of shit. There's a whole lot of files in front of me. So, and, and, and yeah. is it kind of like what you've been doing, or is it a departure? It's a little new. Yeah, it's a little new. It's got uh, a lot of friends playing on it. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly what it is. I don't even know how to describe it. But, well, but, like, um, is each tune its own world, or is it one core group that's doing all the tunes? Dude, it's one tune. Oh, it's one tune. <laughs> it's 40, okay, it's forty minutes. <laughs> okay, yeah, I call those operas. I've done three of them. I did a fourth one, but yeah. it wasn't my libretto. The fourth one, but yeah, and I, you know where I got the fucking idea. With, uh, off-air mm. people, I was telling him about Georgie learning off Happy Jack and Spectrum. Happy Jack, there's yeah. a, there's a song on there called A Quick One Why He's Away. A Quick One. That's yeah. the, that's what yeah. got me. Like, you know what, what? I need, it's got to have more parts. I, I can't tell <laughs> the whole story with this limited amount of parts. i got to make bigger parts. 
Yeah. So that's yep. why, why I got into that stuff. I, you know, I'm a minute okay. man. I never thought I'd end up doing shit like that. Sure. But it sure. ended up being the only way I could really talk about losing D Boone uh, 25 years ago. I finally got the mm-hmm. nerve up, and it was that form that helped me. Hmm. I could do 15 different parts, you know. Uh, yep. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. So uh. So do. do it's one 40-minute song, and all these different people are, are all part of the, all 40 minutes of that, or do, do people, are there episodes or shit? There's, there's episodes, and some people reappear, and yeah, uh, Jim's on it. Jim's playing synth on it. Oh, wow. Um, I got Julia I, Re- I did some yeah, gigs Julia where he Reedy would play, uh, he, his synthesizer was like a little fucking, I don't know, notebook or something. The, like the lid was yeah. the keyboard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the suitcase synth. The EMS. That's what it was. Yeah. But that guy can play anything, man. He could play the oh, fucking yeah. radio. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, and, and, and so a lot of it's it's not just musical thing. It's friends, right? Yeah, there's a, there's like one. Everybody's a friend except there's one dude who who I asked uh, to play on it. And he's um a pedal steel player from the UK called BJ Cole. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he... He was, um, he's he done like, a lot of really great 70s records. I had a guy from England who's now living in Nashville that got into Steel. He was on the okay. show a few months ago. But uh, the, the name might, you know, this that's guy the was good like thing the... about Alzheimer's. You always meet new people. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, like so the, you just wanted to play gun. with him because of his musical heritage. Yeah, you know, I the mean, guy I know from a, those days on Slide was uh, Sneaky Pete. I got to meet yeah, him at yeah. uh, 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 Cherokee up on Fairfax where I was doing my wrestling record. What a fucking amazing okay. cat! Yeah, lucky. Wow. Yeah, this guy's like this guy's like the hired gun in the UK um, in the late '60s, early '70s, all the way till now. Actually, he's on loads of records, um, and he made some really strange solo records as well um, with people like Danny Thompson and oh, wow. um, a lot of interesting people. Um, in the UK. Look, when you so, get this record done, because we're out of fucking time, I'm so sorry, but when you get it done, will you come back on the show and let's play it and talk about it? Absolutely, you know, I'd love to. Because Thank instead you. of like spoiling everything by giving it away, we'll fucking actually play it for people and you can uh, let all the insights you want out. Cool. Okay. I gotta finish it first. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Uh, I'm, I'm backed up to fucking December anyway, so you got a little time. Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's been such a fucking honor to have you aboard. Thank you so much. Likewise. Thanks so and much, Big Mike. gratitude to awesome. fucking Fratello Andrea for making the connect. People, it's oh, been really the July 2021 edition. 2021? That's hard to say, people. July 20, 2021. 20th. <laughs> Maybe I should do that. Yeah, 20th, 2021. Keep your powder dry. <laughs>